Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this episode, Brian Gorman interviews Matthew Painter, Director of Leadership Development at University of Alabama, Birmingham, on the topic of readiness for change. We hope you enjoy today's episode. This is Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review. Our topic for today's podcast is readiness for change. Our guest is Matthew Painter, Director of Leadership Development for the University of Alabama, Birmingham's Health System and School of Medicine. He has over 15 years of professional experience in higher education and healthcare. Prior to his work in healthcare management, Matthew spent over 10 years in student affairs, academic administration, and organizational leadership faculty. This experience includes two years in the People's Republic of China, where he taught collegiate business to Chinese university students. Matthew has spent the last eight years in organizational and leadership development roles in healthcare where he uses a systemic approach to design and implement strategic solutions to optimize organizations. Matthew has received a Workforce Magazine's Game Changer Award and has presented at national conferences, written articles for International Educator, Chief Learning Officer, Sales Initiative Magazine, and Organization Development Review. Matthew is a Six Sigma Yellow Belt, and is very passionate about human resources and organizational development. Matt is constantly seeking ways to improve organizations. He has an undergraduate degree in business and healthcare management, master's degree in strategic leadership, and a PhD in business administration organizational psychology. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Brian. It's a uh, definite pleasure to be here. This is one of my favorite organizational topics, one of many. So Matt, one of the things that interested me about your approach to organizational change readiness is that you bring a different lens to the process than most organizations, most change uh, practitioners do. Could you tell us a little bit about how you look at organizational change readiness? Sure. I think one of the one of the things that I like to focus on is um, us as managers and how we think about our approach change. Um, are we thinking um, about ourselves as change agents? Are we promoting urgency? How are we how are we um, dealing with resistance from individuals and how are we taking steps to embrace change? Um, I think this is um, important because we have to assess ourselves and what what assumptions are we bringing? What barriers um, are we acknowledging in our own approach to change? Um, and then how, do we, how are we dealing with the change of the people on our team as well? So in other words, how are managers contributing to the change and the culture that we want to create? Um, I think the other, the other thing that I often think about is the, the role of senior leaders in this process. So um, how are they supporting real cultural assessment? How are they being change leaders, how are they driving the right corporate culture, or in other words, the, the climate for change. Um, and then there's this idea also of um, bottom up and top down when we're thinking about change. So individual readiness translates more or less to departmental readiness, which translates to organizational readiness. But um, we can't expect individuals to be ready for change if the 
it's the uh, managers and the senior leaders aren't role modeling and embracing change themselves. And so it is this sort of hybrid top-down, bottom-up approach. Great, thank you. This perspective on organizational change readiness raises another question for me. How does organizational change actually occur? I, I love this question. Um, I think we tend to think of change as this, as an asset almost. It's, it's a th- something that we do as an organization. Um, it's, we think of it very systemically. Uh, we make a change and, and we put resources into that and expect it to, to fall into place. Um, but really change management is about behavioral change, really, um, as opposed to, say, a project management. Um, I, was, I was recently at Becker's Hospital Review in um, Chicago this past April, and I heard Laura Kaiser, the CEO of SSM Health, talk about this. And she was you know, explaining how their organization, instead of looking at it from an organizational perspective, they began to unpack it more at the individual level. And if we think about this, it makes sense because... Um, you know, organizations are made of people. And so when we think about change, we have to account for the individuals that comprise our organization. And so I think that's where we get, sometimes we get hung up. We think of change as being only an organizational thing, but then we forget that there's a lot, um, there's a lot more to it than that, especially when it comes to the individuals who have to change to make it work. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, One of my, my early uh, podcast for change management review uh, focused on the perspective that all change is personal. You focus a great deal of attention on the importance of assessing organizational readiness. From your perspective, what does a change readiness assessment look like? Well, I think we first have to look at what type of culture do we have? Um, do we have a culture that's what, that we would consider to be change ready? Um, I think I think people intuitively understand that some of our organizations are afraid to take risk, that um, new ideas are not wanted. Um, but on the other hand, we have some cultures and organizations where um, we, where we welcome innovation, we welcome new ideas, and we want to be adaptable to the market. So there's obviously a lot of organizations in between those. But um, when we think of creating the right culture, we have to think about you know one that's hungry for change. Um, it's much easier, of course, to, to make change in an organization when our culture is already change ready. Um, and so that um, is a key part of our assessment is whether or not we have an appetite for change at the organizational level. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with senior leaders readiness um, as they are the stewards of our culture in many ways. So um, are they are they embracing the change? Uh, I mentioned earlier about you know, managers being a part of the change as change agents and how are we um, contributing to the change or not? You know, if, if I am struggling with a particular change, then I'm going to be a barrier in that change process. So that's another part of our assessment. And there's, there's tons of ways to make these assessments, but I think, you know, the culture and the, the, the manager's roles in these from at every level, including senior leaders um, is a really key aspect of our assessment. And we can, we can certainly assess this in a number of different ways. Your, your typical interviews, your focus groups, surveys. Uh, there's even assessments, you know, formal, you know, assessments that you can do. But it's important that we think think of this, um, you know, every level in the organization. Matt, in today's environment, how important is having a change-ready organizational culture? 
Well, I, I hate to be on the, you know, disruption bandwagon, if you will. But, you know, the fact is, I think that our, you know, change is fast and furious. And, and while I don't necessarily think we all need to play into that hype, um, I think it's true that our organizations have to be more and more willing to adapt and innovate um, and remain, you know, viable in our market. And so we really have to, to foster an adaptable culture. So I think it's really critical that we do this. I think a lot of times change fails because we haven't created that culture on the front side. And so when we recognize that we have to change and we want to, to create a change ready culture, sometimes that's, I won't say too late, but you know, it takes a lot to build this type of culture. Um, and so I think being proactive and fostering change readiness um, as an everyday way of life is, is extremely important now more than ever. I don't remember who to attribute this quote to, but I, but I think it's really relevant here. If, if you dislike change, you're going to dislike being ir, irrelevant even more. <laughs> I agree. Given that a change-ready culture is that important, how do you ensure that you have one? Yeah, I think we have to do some organizational soul searching. I think we have to be realistic with ourselves. I think we, we are quick to, to think that we are ready for change or that we have a change-ready culture. But unless we're really honest with ourselves and we, we do some assessing, um, I, I think we're, we're setting ourselves up to fail. So I think we have to understand what our current state is, you know, being objective. And, and I, you know, I think it's really hard for us a stakeholders organization to admit when we're not as good at something as we, as we probably should be. So I think it's really important that we allow ourselves to be objective in this manner. Um, we truly assess our levels of readiness and what, what resources are truly available to make this change work. Um, do we have um, the right values in place to, to support change and innovation in our organization? So there's this idea of like current state assessment there's also this uh, mapping out, if you will, or articulating what our desired future state is. Like, what are we trying to accomplish? Where are we going? And I think that requires us to do some due diligence in terms of this gap between current state and desired future state. Um, I think, again, going back to, to why change fails is that I don't think we often do enough due diligence in terms of what this change is really going to require in our organization. So being able to take that inventory um, and strategizing around that. So um, when we don't do this, of course, we're having to change course. And every time we change course, it requires more resources. And the more times we have to do this, the more costly it becomes. And at some point we have to decide, you know, do we, do we keep funding this or do we pull the plug on it and regroup? And so that's why this idea of, current state, future state assessment is important because then you can develop, you know, the second part, which is the strategy or the actual mapping of how do we get to where we want to go. And that obviously re requires some inventory around what resources are needed, whether they're human or money or otherwise. Um, and I think that I want to focus too on our, on our readiness that, you know, we have to have be um, mindful in, in our strategy about our level of readiness and putting resources into that as well. Once the readiness assessment is complete, once you've got the strategy in place, uh, what comes next? Well, I think in some ways, I think it depends on who's doing this assessment, but I think, you know, we really should be partnering with our 
organization development department, um, our change practitioners, um, to really help guide us in this process because it might, you know, it, it's going to look a little bit differently depending on A, who's doing it, um, and, and B, the type of strategy that you formulated, right? So once we have the assessment information, we can forge a strategy that openly shares this assessment with stakeholders. We all know, you know, where we are in the organization and, and what the next steps are in terms of what, what is expected of me and how we're going to get there. Um, and, and I also think that um, what would come next is just an individual manager's willingness to, um, to look at this assessment data and say, oh, there is a gap here. Um, and be mindful of what that looks like so that I can use it as a manager. Um, in addition to the organizational interventions, but I want to mirror that um, as a manager myself to go along with that. So um, there's the synergy, if you will, at, at the individual and the managerial level as well as the organizational level. But again, we need some, we need a lot of partners in this process. Over the last year, Change Management Review has focused our attention on the role of coaching in the context of change management. How important do you believe coaching is to the successful execution of change, Matt? Um, Brian, I think it's, it's extremely critical to change, to change adoption. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the focus on the individual level earlier in our conversation. And I think that coaching um, is just absolutely vital to this conversation. I mean, if we think about change, being individual, that means change is personal. Um, everybody responds to change differently. And depending on the type of change and where it's coming from, we're all going to have unique um, reactions um, to that for a number of different reasons. And so you know, we might have an um, organizational means of dealing with change or some type of boilerplate, but that, that isn't going to account for the individual's readiness and dealing with change and adopting it. So the ability for a manager to be able to coach an employee is absolutely critical. Um, I think coaching, Brian, is one of the most underrated um, skills in organizational performance. And so I think minimally, I think we need to invest a lot in manager's ability to coach. Given that, in what ways do managers coach their employees to promote change readiness? Yeah, so when we're, when we're talking with, um, with our staff, our employees about change, I think um, there's, there's a lot of things that may contribute to or detract from individuals' readiness for change. And I think one of them is just their past experience with it. Um, even in that same organization, um, you know, people get jaded for a lot of different reasons. And I think giving people a time to safely vent um, and acknowledge that past, you know, how it didn't go well um, or whatever. So finding a, space, a safe space to vent, I think, is helpful. And I think recognizing that change is a means of letting go, meaning we're losing something um, when, we, when we change. So status quo is no longer um, going to be the case. So we have to go through a grieving process. And um, I somewhat hesitate to use, you know, the, the stages of grief in this manner, but the fact is, is that sometimes we do go through those stages as employees, and so um, managers can coach their, their staff through these various stages, you know, denial, anger, depression, and so forth. And then 
you know, it, alongside of that, you know, we have this idea of the change adoption curve. Um, some people are going to be innovators when it comes to change, whereas some other people are going to be laggards and obviously many people in between. And I think it's important to recognize that people are in those camps for a reason. And so being able to coach them through where they are in that, in that adoption curve is important. I think I always try to explain to managers not to villainize laggards because they have a reason for being a laggard. And so our ability to coach them and understand their perspective is really helpful. Um, I think individuals have various you know, things driving them to change and certain barriers to change. Um, and I think you know, employees have different emotional connections to their work. They have identities to think about. So when we're coaching people you know, to think about how is this change affecting the person's identity and are we, are we preserving their identity? Are we trying, is, you know, is their identity in jeopardy? Um, how can we add to their identity, not necessarily take away from it? Um, and then I think two, two other things that managers can do to help coach their employees is through involving them, you know, finding out what role they would want to play in the change um, and helping them unpack that as well as, you know, what skills do they need to be a part of this change? I think none of us want to feel stupid. And I think that sometimes that's a barrier for us to adopting change. We don't want to be vulnerable. And so what skills or how can I build confidence in approaching change? So I think these are, those are all great topics for managers to be discussing with their employees. Thank you. In an organizational context, where do you believe the responsibility of change management and the responsibility for change readiness reside, and why? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think <clears throat> I think there's. I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth for a second. I mean, I think um, on the one hand, there really needs to there really needs to be a change owner. Um, there has to be somebody to own the change process, particularly around readiness. But throughout the throughout the change process, somebody has to own this, and usually that. Depending on the change, obviously, it needs to be a, probably a team of people. Um, but those people, you know, have to be empowered to guide, um, to coach, and to make decisions around change. Um, because there's so much that goes into change that, that we need to partner with those folks. And in, and a lot, in many cases, a lot of internal folks need to be involved, whether that's OD, uh, maybe your communications people, learning and development, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, but those somebody needs to own the change. Um, but on the other hand, um, you know, there's the executive team that has to own it. Um, they have to be willing again to support it visibly and with resources. Um, and then at the end of the day, um, we all have a role to play. So there's a lot of different answers to this, but you know, we have to understand what our own um, connection to that change is. How are we being a change agent? Um, how are we contributing or not to the change and why? So I think there's a lot, of, a lot of people that are responsible for the change. We all know that resistance is an inherent part of the change process. Given this, how do you prepare people for the change that you're trying to sell into the organization? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of this that happens where, where we see an opportunity for a change, but the organization doesn't recognize it or may not, um, may not want it. Um, and so what do you do in that case? And I always tell people, you know, my mantra is do what you can when you can. Um, sometimes that takes on the form of what I call planting seeds um, or, 
you know, the what if scenario. Well, what if, you know, what if we didn't do this? What would the impact be? Or what if we did that? You know, how might this be helpful? Um, the other thing that I often recommend is, you know, socialization. Um, so taking it on what I call the one-on-one -on -one road show. So meeting with people one-on-one, -on -one, having some frank conversations with them, talking to them about, again, the what ifs, the planning seeds, but in a one-on-one -on -one type of scenario. Um, and maybe even just ask them for advice um, about the particular change that you're seeking in the organization. Um, I guess some more formal approaches might be you know, writing, writing a proposal or doing some sort of cost-benefit analysis, um, helping foster some sort of type of vision through that way, um, finding or writing white papers, uh, finding best practices. You know, some organizations are really into best practices and they're always looking for um, other companies who have done something well that they can adopt. And, you know, there's some pros and cons to that, but if that, if that fits your organization, then maybe finding a best practice might be the best approach for you. Um, and then the other thing that I like to do is just ask to do an experiment or ask to pilot something for the purposes of research, uh, which is another way to help sell the idea of a particular change. But I think the seed planting and socialization of the idea, again, back to readiness, you know, getting people talking about it and thinking about it so that they become ready to embrace the change is really helpful. This is all really good stuff, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review podcast with Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and Matthew Painter. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.